God's Road Grace Church would like to invite you to listen to a sermon by our pastor, Todd Nybert. We are located at 4137 Todd's Road, two miles outside of Manowar Boulevard. Sunday services are at 1030 a.m. and 6 p.m. Bible study is at 945 a.m. Wednesday services are at 7 p.m. Nursery is provided for all services. For more information, visit our website at toddsroadgracechurch.com. Now here's our pastor, Todd Nybert. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, we read these words, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Literally, all Scripture is God-breathed. God says it exactly as He would have it said. Beginning in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, all the way through Revelation 22, verse 21, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now, that's talking about the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now, somebody once made this statement about the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings. Genesis is the seed plot of the Bible. Every doctrine contained in the New Testament is illustrated in the book of Genesis. And you and I were just geared to learn things by illustration. We can hear something and then we can hear an illustration and it makes it plainer to us. And these are the illustrations of God. I realize preachers try to come up with uh, brilliant illustrations and usually they fall far short, but oh, the illustrations of God are perfect. And in the book of Genesis, we have a beautiful illustration of faith. What it is in Genesis chapter 39, verses 1 through 6. I've entitled this message, What is Faith? And I'm going to be preaching from Genesis 39, the first six verses. But let me first uh, quote some scriptures from the New Testament. The writer to the Hebrews said in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Notice he doesn't say it's improbable. He doesn't say it's very difficult. But he says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. He must believe in his isness. He is as he says he is in the Bible. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, that faith. It's not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Romans three twenty eight says, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. There are several times in the Gospels where the Lord said to someone, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. Now with those scriptures in mind, what is faith? I want to know, don't you? 
Now in Genesis chapter 39, we're given a story uh, of Joseph when he's brought into Egypt. Uh, I want to read these verses to you, and I want you to think of Potiphar as being a type of the believer, and Joseph being a type of Christ. And I want us to see how Joseph was trusted by this man, Potiphar. Now, let me give you the background before I read this passage of Scripture. Joseph was Jacob's favorite son. You'll remember that he made him a coat of many colors, and all of his brothers were insanely jealous of Joseph because of this. And Joseph had some dreams, and he dreamed that all of his brothers would be bowing in the dust at his feet, and this infuriated them. So when Joseph came to seek out their welfare, his father sent him to them while they were uh, watching the sheep. They said, here comes this dreamer, let's kill him. And Judah delivered him and said, let's just sell him and make some money off of him. And so they sold him into Egypt. And a man by the name of Potiphar bought this young man as a slave. Now Joseph was only 17 years old when he went into Egypt, and he was in Potiphar's house for 11 years. And these six verses are going to uh, tell of the first 11 years that Joseph spent in Egypt. Now remember, he was a young 17-year-old boy, not knowing the language, but the Lord was with Joseph. We read in verse 1 of Genesis chapter 39, and Joseph was brought down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, a high-ranking uh, uh, officer of Pharaoh, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. Now, a man by the name of Potiphar buys this 17-year-old young man who did not know the language of the Egyptians, but I suppose he thought, well, he can uh, work in the fields. I don't really need him to understand language. I can tell him this is what you do. But look what the scripture says in verse 2. And the Lord was with Joseph. Now that says everything, doesn't it? The Lord was with Joseph. The songwriter said, when blessed with the sense of his love, a palace, a toy would appear. But prisons would palaces prove if Jesus would dwell with me there. The Lord was with Joseph. Now Joseph is a remarkable man. He was a remarkable young man at this time. He didn't know why the Lord sent him into Egypt, but he knew who sent him into Egypt. And the Lord was with him. And the Lord was with Joseph and he was a prosperous man. He began by learning the Egyptian language and he became prosperous in Potiphar's house. Everything he did prospered. Everything he did was successful because the Lord was with him. What an unusual young man Joseph was. The Lord was with him and he was a prosperous man and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. 
Verse 3, and his master saw that the Lord was with him. Now, the thing that comes to my mind is how did this heathen Egyptian know who the Lord was when he heard that the Lord or when he saw that the Lord was with Joseph? I have no doubt Joseph told him. Joseph had learned the language of the Egyptians and his master Potiphar saw that everything he did prospered and I'm sure Potiphar was grateful. He was the beneficiary of Joseph's labor. He complimented Joseph for what he'd done. He was grateful for what Joseph had done and Joseph said, here's why everything I do prospers. The Lord is with me. That is the only reason. The Lord is with me. I have no doubt that Joseph told Potiphar who the Lord was. You see, Jehovah, the Lord, is the creator. He is the Lord of heaven and earth. Potiphar, you're in his hands. He is Lord, not in name, but in deed and in truth. He's God over all, blessed forever. He controls everybody and everything. He's the sovereign of the universe. And I have no doubt Joseph believed the gospel. He's mentioned in the hall of faith. And he told Potiphar, I have no doubt that this God can only be approached through the coming sacrifice that was to come. He had the same faith Abel did. Abel only came into God's presence through the blood of Christ. When he brought that blood of the lamb. He knew it wasn't that blood that saved him, but what that blood represented, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, He told Potiphar, here's the one reason for my success. The Lord is with me. Verse four, and Joseph found grace in his sight. Potiphar favored Joseph. Well, he had every reason to favor Joseph. Everything Joseph did turned to gold, and he was the beneficiary of it. He was the one who prospered from it. He favored Joseph because he saw the Lord's hand was upon Joseph, and everything Joseph did was successful. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he, Joseph, served him, Potiphar. And here's what Potiphar did. as he I don't know how many years it took him to do this. It could have been two or three, could have been seven or eight. I don't know. This covers an 11-year period of Joseph's life. But it says that Potiphar made him overseer over his house and all that he had, he put in his hand. Now, our employers ought to be benefited by us working for them. Somebody that's a believer, they ought to be the hardest worker. They ought to be the most successful worker with God's blessing on what they're doing. And their employer ought to be happy that they have them as their employee. And I'm sure that Potiphar was, but this is so interesting. Potiphar entrusted everything he had to Joseph. Joseph became the one who did everything, who made every decision. Potiphar entrusted all that he had into Joseph's hand. And verse 5 says, And it came to pass from that time, 
from the time that he'd made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. I mean, Potiphar had everything good happen to him, and he realized that this was for Joseph's sake, not because of him, but because of Joseph. He understood that as soon as he entrusted everything in Joseph's hand, everything was successful, everything prospered for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he knew not aught he had save the bread which he did eat. What do you have, Potiphar? You have to ask Joseph. It's all in his hand. All I know of is the bread he gives me to eat. It's all in Joseph's hand. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. Now, what a beautiful character Joseph demonstrated at this time. What unwavering faith in his God. What exemplary service to Potiphar. And we would all do well to imitate Joseph in his life, in his conduct. Let me say this as well. If that's all I get out of this story, I've missed the point. This story is given to teach us what faith in Jesus Christ is. Potiphar is a type of the believer. Joseph is a type of Christ. Potiphar trusted Joseph completely with everything he had. The believer trusts Christ completely with everything he has. Now, the first thing that I would notice, Potiphar knew something. He knew something. What he knew is because of what he heard. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And you can be sure of this, Joseph told Potiphar in no uncertain terms why he was a prosperous man. The Lord was with him. Potiphar heard something. You know, Hebrews 11 says Joseph was in the hall of faith. Hebrews 11.22 says, By faith Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. Now Joseph knew of the prophecy of Genesis 15 where God told Abraham, your seed is going to go into a strange land, speaking of Egypt. They're going to be four, there 400 years. They're going to be afflicted. And afterwards, I'm going to bring them out. They'll become a nation of slaves, but I'm going to bring them out. Joseph had heard of that, and he believed that. And he said, when you leave, take my bones and bring them back to the land of promise. Now, he told Potiphar, who the Lord was. Now, I think of this scripture. Peter said in 1 Peter 3, 15, always be ready to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. Now, I have no doubt that Potiphar asked Joseph about this. Joseph gave him the reason. I'm just going to imagine that somebody listening to me right now you're asking, give me a reason for the hope that's in you. Now, I have a hope. I have a hope that on judgment day, I'll be accepted. 
I have a hope that everything that happens between now and then is for my good. What a hope that is. Don't you want to have that hope? That on judgment day, you'll be without fault before God and that everything that happens between now and then is for your good and his glory. Somebody says, give me a reason for that hope. Well, let me quote a scripture. Romans 8.31 says, if God be for us, who can be against us? Now, who's he speaking of when he says, if God be for us? Is he talking about all men without exception? No. In the context, and we know, Romans 8.28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose for whom he did foreknow he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren moreover whom he did predestinate them he also called and whom he called them he also justified and whom he justified them he also glorified what shall we say to these things if God be for us The us is those he foreknew, those he predestinated, those he called, those he justified, those he glorified. If God be for us, who can be against us? There's my hope. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not? What could possibly prevent him from giving us freely All things, all the things of salvation. Who is he that condemneth? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? God justified them. That's my hope. Who is he that condemneth? It's Christ that died, yea, rather that's risen again, who's even at the right hand of God. There's my hope. Christ died, rose again, and is even right now at the right hand of God. Now, verse 3. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and the Lord had made all he did to prosper in his hand. Now, Potiphar saw something. His faith was not blind faith. He knew that it was because of the Lord that Joseph prospered, and he saw that everything Joseph did prospered. This was not blind faith. It was faith from something that he saw Very clearly. Now, there is such a thing as blind faith. Uh, The atheist. He has a type of faith. He believes something. He believes there's no God. But it's a blind faith. You have to take a leap into the dark to believe something that foolish and that irrational and that illogical and that unreasonable. It's a blind faith. This man, Potiphar, saw something. He saw that Joseph was successful. Now, you can only have true faith in a Christ who is successful. And this is so important. Uh, Listen to me real carefully. The true Jesus, there's a lot of Jesuses preached. The true Jesus is the one who is successful. The one who cannot fail. He's successful because of who he is. He's God. He's man. He's the perfect man. He's the God-man. He is incapable of failure. The scripture says he shall not fail nor be 
discouraged. Now, if you believe in a Christ whose intentions can be thwarted, whose will can be thwarted, if you believe in a Christ that intends to save all men, but cannot save men unless uh, men do their part to enable him to do his part, the Christ you believe in is uh, no different than the Easter Bunny or Peter Rabbit. That Christ can't save you. A Christ who wants to do things but can't without your permission, that is a non-existent Christ. That is another Jesus. You see, Potiphar saw a man who prospered, who was successful in everything he did. Hebrews 1.3 says, when he had by himself purged our sins. He did this with no contribution from any man. He did this by himself. When he said, it is finished, the salvation of everybody he died for was accomplished. He's successful. Hebrews 10.14 says, by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Now, the only Christ that can save me or you is a Christ who can save us without any contribution on our part. He does it all. Now, this is what Potiphar saw. He saw one who could do everything. The Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph, verse 4, found grace in his sight. He you know, if you ever see who Christ is, you will, you, you will favor him. You'll want to be saved by him and not by your works. You'll, you will be, or he will be favored by you if you see who he is. And Joseph found grace in his sight and he served him. And here's what Potiphar did. He made him overseer. He committed. He entrusted everything that he owned into Joseph's hand. Now, would you entrust everything you own to me? Well, the answer is no. You don't know me. You wouldn't entrust everything you own into my hand. And even if you knew that I would seek your best interests, if you knew me, you'd know I don't have the understanding to make sure that your money is safe. And that your security is safe. I, I would end up losing it all. I don't have the wisdom to do anything like that. You would be foolish to entrust everything into my hand. But Potiphar was not foolish to entrust everything into Joseph's hand because everything Joseph did was successful. And how wise it is to entrust everything into Christ's hand. He can't fail. He's perfect. He's the perfect Savior. He Whatever you entrust into his hand, you're secure. You're safe because of who he is. You can entrust all the concerns of the salvation of your soul to him. Now here's the New Testament commentary. 2 Timothy 1.12, Paul said, I know whom I have believed. I know who he is. And he's incapable of failure. He, can, he doesn't try to do anything. Uh, he doesn't make anybody redeemable. He redeems. He doesn't put anybody in the position to be saved. He saves. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he is able 
to keep that which I've committed to him. Now here's what faith is. It's a commitment of all the concerns of your soul to him. Hands off. You don't have a plan B. Here's your only hope. I'm complete in him. He finished my salvation. He did it all. All that God requires of me, he looks to Christ for. I trust him only. If that's not enough, I won't be saved. And that's what Paul meant by that. I know whom I have believed. I'm persuaded he is able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. That's what Potiphar did with Joseph. And this is what faith is. He made him overseer over his house and all that he had, he put in his hand. All the hopes of my salvation are in Christ's hand. I'm not looking anywhere else. Verse five. And it came to pass from the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And listen to this. All of God's blessing is on every believer for Christ's sake. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be ye kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. God does not respond to anything you do for your salvation. His response is to who his son is and what he did. Now, why would I be one of God's elect? Because I'm in Christ. Why am I justified? He justified me by his righteousness. Why am I redeemed? He redeemed me. Why do I have the new birth? Because Christ died for me. And God the Holy Spirit gives me the new birth for Christ's sake. Why do I persevere? Because he preserves me. Why will I be glorified? Because he glorifies me. Every aspect of salvation is for Christ's sake. You can't take that too far. And it came to pass from the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he knew not aught he had save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person. Now this is what faith is. When you believe the gospel, all you have is in Christ's hand. You're completely, totally dependent and reliant upon him. You're not looking to your works. You're not looking to your duties. You're not looking to efforts. You're not looking to yesterday, what took place or tomorrow, what you will do. All your hand, all your salvation is in his hand, and all you have is the daily food he gives you. That's faith in Christ, the manna for today. And it's pointed out that Joseph was a goodly person and well-favored. Christ is a goodly person and well-favored, and if I'm in him, I'm a goodly person and well-favored. Because 1 John 4, 17 says, as he is, oh, he's goodly and well-favored, as he is, So are we in this world. Faith is putting everything in Christ's hand, leaving it there, trusting him 
people. To receive a copy of the sermon you have just heard, send your request to todd.nybert at gmail.com or you may write or call the church at the information provided on the screen.